How's it going, everyone? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks. Uh, I have my season co-star with me, Dr. Laniel Mitchell with Physio Gym. How are you doing, Dr. Laniel? All good, Brad. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Um, and then, so how about moving on to the uh, 30 to 40 crowd? So you've somehow survived your 20s with or without PT. Some of this stuff has got to be chronic now. I don't know if it's 100% reversible with PT or even surgery. Um, is there any now things that are popping up? I'm assuming now your athletes are gone because they're finishing up their careers if they were doing it or college is over and they're out and they're back to their day-to-day life. So this is more the average Joe starting his family. What, what, what are the typical type of injuries you're seeing now? Athletic, so now, if yeah. they're athletes or not. Yeah, so now you're moving into you got a really broad category of yep. people, right? Number one's making me think of the weekend warrior and the jujitsu guy and the crossfitter that basically is still kind of hanging on to wanting to be this fit healthy athletic person, but they don't train like a healthy athletic person. Right. So they show up to their flag football game. They do a couple toe touches and then they run and straight boom, 100% in. Right? Yep. Exactly. They have an accounting job and they've been doing jujitsu for a few years. And basically they go from their office, hop in their car. They've been sitting for eight hours. They drive their car a half hour. They hop onto the jujitsu mat when they get there. They do a couple toe touches and boom, they're rolling live. Right. Yep. CrossFit, very, very similar situation. And everybody's on the go, you know. Hustle, 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 right? This almost seems like your bread and butter age right here. Well, kind of, right? Those are the type of people that I end up seeing because of what I do, right? And that's those are the type of people that I'm able to really put back together and give them a lot of direction on, you know, how to navigate trying to maintain this athleticism during these years that are that are coming where it's just only going to get harder and harder. You have to get smarter and smarter about it. But then we have this other population, really, that I, I always think about the kids that skip gym class right? In their 30s and 40s, we're starting to see those people now that are having a lot of chronic aches and pains early on because they decided to opt out of physical fitness and health at a younger age. They just became that person during college that stopped working out and is starting to move towards more of a sedentary lifestyle where their job is confining them to a chair and they haven't adopted a lot of the healthy behaviors. They're not sleeping as well, all that type of stuff. Maybe they have three kids now at this point, and that's another contributing factor to the stress and, and not sleeping. And they're just starting to develop, you know, these mechanics mechanical problems like you're talking about maybe they were there before maybe they weren't but whatever's going on in their body it's weakening itself and now these problems are starting to manifest in terms of the injuries that we typically see in that population we're starting to start to see more uh, particular meniscus tears mm. right is what is what you start to see around 40 years old uh, a lot of it has to do with the way the cartilages in the knee and you're starting to lose mobility in your hips and the way that your muscle firing patterns and your, your way your ankles and knees and hips are working, you know, you're starting to increase rotational shear stress on, on the knee and, and, and the activities you're trying to do while you're losing the mobility, flexibility and range of motion to do those activities. And then that's, this is also where you start to see a lot of your herniated disc stuff going yeah. on. Right. I would, I would assume a lot of the desk jockeys, you know, the 30 to 40s really, like you said, more focused on work and a lot of jobs. I'm 
are a lot of desk type jobs. And like you said, that's where you're, there's not much pounding going on, but just the angles and everything they're getting and with their wrists and their neck, I assume those are like compounding problems that maybe are bugging them, but aren't really a problem maybe till the next age category when we get there, the 40 to 50. Yeah. Um, so back to what we were saying about getting a new skeleton every 10 years, right? There's a, there's an idea or a principle that's called Wolf's Law, right? Mm -hmm. Wolf's Law basically states that your body is constantly remodeling itself based upon the forces that you're placing upon it, right? And there's a couple other laws that are, that are real similar to that, but it, it goes for training, right? Is where we think about it most. Like if I'm going to load this muscle over and over again, right? And I keep flexing and I keep flexing it, you know, basically it's going to start changing the structure of that muscle, right? So the other side of it is, is that if you don't use it or you use it in an incorrect way, your body also starts to remodel itself. Like uh, osteoporosis is a great example in some level, right? Your body just literally starts to not put down as much bone because you're not stressing it. Now that's aside from some of the hormonal issues and things mm -hmm. that happen with people just naturally, that's what's going to happen. Your bone density is going to weaken because you're not stressing it. So that's where people will talk about use stress and all those different things. But at the end of the day, the body is going to respond to the demands that you place upon it and also going to respond against the demands that you don't place upon it. So the part that we don't think about again is this neurological compensation that's happening on. This is one of the things that in PT school, we learn a lot about, like, we don't call it this, but glute amnesia or whatever people mm -hmm. are calling it this day where you can't fire your glutes. Well, when you sit in a position in a chair with your hips flexed, just like you're supposed to be in a squatted position, right? Like the position you're sitting right now, mm -hmm. right? Chairs don't exist in nature, right? Toilets don't exist in nature, right? Sitting in that position is not a natural position for us to sit in, right? So the way that our tailbone and our pelvis is designed, it's not designed to be plopped down on and sat on. And then also you typically wouldn't be very comfortable in that position. If you're going to go sit on a uh, tree stump or something along those lines out in nature or a rock, you're not going to go, oh, yeah, I'm so yeah. comfortable here, you're not going to be sitting right? Right, exactly. And so when we do work these days and we also drive a car, which again, I think cumulatively, this is where we're starting to see in these 30 and 40 year olds where we don't think about, I think driving a car is one of the, one of the most problematic things that we actually, you know, experience in terms of our biomechanics, depending on how much you do. But if you think by the, you know, 16 years old, you get your driver's license by 36 or 46, you've been driving for 20 or 30 years. Right now, let's compound exactly. Let's compound that with eight hours of sitting a day. Right, they're saying that's sitting's the new smoking type of thing. Right, and we know that now, if you sit for more than eight hours a day and you're sedentary, the minimum recommendations for exercise are not enough to to induce what you need to do from a cardiovascular, you know, health standpoint. Right, that sedentary position, especially in sitting, it's also compressing the arteries that are. You know, uh, basically trying to bring blood back to your heart or excuse me, that are trying to bring blood to your legs and the veins that are trying to bring blood back to your heart. And so it's disrupting blood flow and it's also altering your nervous system to make you think, oh, we, we better get better at maintaining this position, which all these muscles aren't active because in that 
position, typically you would be squatting and you'd have weight on your legs, which is then going to create this force coming back up the chain to make your core activate and all of these things, just like when you squat. Like when you sit there, you don't really have to think about balancing your head, which is my, my whole philosophy on movement is that if you look at babies and you look at adults, everything that we talk about, about elite biomechanics basically revolves around being able to stabilize your head. Yep. But when you're, when you're sitting in that position, you don't have to worry about that. Well, that's good because you need to focus on driving or you need to focus on doing your work or being on the phone or doing this podcast or whatever it is. So your body has this really good ability to turn off some of these autonomic processes that for you that you don't have to focus on them. And then these central pattern generator type of things just kick on. Right. But unfortunately, over time, when you go to stand back up out of that position, those patterns have now been locked in. So your body now thinks, oh, this is the normal position for us to be in. Have you ever seen Wally, the movie Wally? Yeah. The little kids movie where everybody's now, you know, 100 years from now, they're all they do is ride around in wheelchairs because they, and they literally don't know how to stand. Right. Yeah. Because they spend so much time. They don't have the resiliency and the functional capacity because they've spent so much time sitting in these wheelchair devices that when they go to stand up, they're like, ooh, ooh, you know, they don't know how to do it. Right. Yeah. Or they're floating in space in little pods that just feed them and take care everything of everything for them, right? <laughs> it's it's crazy because you know, if, right. I mean, if, if you look at life 100 years ago and you look at it today i mean it is so bizarre today this lifestyle that we live there's a if you uh start getting into biology the term fitness actually means your ability to replicate your genetics and pass it off to the next lineage of the offspring right uh, basically simple like old punnett square type of biology stuff right so Oh, that is what the word fitness means, right? So it's this genetic thing. We, we've taken it to uh, you know a different level with cardiovascular stuff, and weight training and everything. But there's also a term in population genetics and biology that is called a mismatch disease, right? And a mismatch disease basically means when you take an organism that's suited for one environment and then you put them in a new environment, you're going to start to see adaptation, but you're also going to start to see sickness, some parts of the species, you know, are able to adapt and, you know, birds get a different beak so they can claw open different nuts and things like that. But some of them also get sick and die and get diabetes and all these other things that we see in the animal world. I did a, a deep dive on uh, veterinarian science and animal studies relationship to health and wellness in humans like 10 years ago. It was really, really fascinating. There's a really cool book by uh, Dr. Barb Horowitz that's called Zubiquity. Hmm. which is a really cool book that looks at the similarities between humans and, and that's, animals. But that's just nature and evolution and, you know, the animal species. And for us, it's, we try to solve everything without like solving the initial core problem. So, yeah. I always joke and say, you have to have a better sense of human, right? So basically our sense of human is really poor and we're willing to do everything that we can to be comfortable and productive, right? Everything about our, you know, Especially in the United States, capitalism is a you know a core value in our in our culture. So a lot of us don't even realize sometimes that we're just forced into it. it. Just is the way it is that we have to prioritize our economic situation above our health, right? And then a lot of times, I've been saying this a lot lately too. You can't trust your health insurance, right? So yeah. most people rely on their health insurance to make all of their health decisions. Yeah, right? so it has it's to be like, really no, bad and get three referrals just to get something. And if you don't, you quit. You just suffer through it. Great. Um, 
So uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Laniel, for uh, coming on our show. Um, for our listeners, uh, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Website, social media? Yep. Yeah, so social media, I'm at Dr. Laniel on Instagram, and you can easily find me at Laniel Mitchell on Facebook. You know, I'm pretty responsive to people's you know, messages directly, you know, physio gym, F Y Z I O G Y M. Like it says on my shirt here, you know, if you just search for that, you can find us. We're on social media, you know, physio at physio gym revolution on Instagram. And, you know, the, the best email to reach me, if you're looking at, you know, trying to set up a consultation, we do free consultations, both in person and, uh, you know, virtually, you would uh, basically look for Jim Physio, G-Y-M-F-Y-Z-I-O at physiogym.com, F-Y-Z-I-O-G-Y-M. Okay. And uh, like always with all my uh, co-stars on all my seasons, I'll put all the details in the in the notes section for all our listeners too. So the links will be in there. You can just click on them. Uh, so uh, thank you, Dr. Neil, for jumping on the show and uh, we'll get you back on for another four episodes, hopefully. Awesome. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> cool. <laughs>